0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Father, we, we honor you today. Today we ask that you change our lives, take us higher. In you still let your name and your name alone be glorified. Amen. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you, you may be seated. Good morning again, everybody. So today, by the grace of God, we are starting a two part series. That um, we announced last week that we are starting a, um, a two part series, and, um, and the, the title of the series is Let It Flow. Let It Flow. Since you are never let it flow. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, in part one today, we are going to be looking at an aspect of God's heart for for us that when we let this aspect flow in us and flow through us, nothing will be impossible for us. Our promotions will be seamless. There will be peace in our homes. Your relationships will be stronger if we can cooperate with god and allow this virtue or this aspect of god's heart to flow in us and flow through us really nothing would be possible for us so what is this aspect of god's heart that need to flow in us and flow through us To make us invincible, make us unstoppable practically, to make us always climbing higher. You will not be stagnated. It will be impossible for you to be stagnated. So what is this aspect of God's heart that he wants to flow in us and through us, you might ask, let it flow god says to us god said to me to say to you let it flow let it flow so number 1 part 1 today we are actually looking at let uh, 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 uh. Alfred can you come so okay, fine, cool. Let humility flow. <laughs> you know when you hear that it flow, you think God will also say, let the money flow. <laughs> you will see that this is actually the key. You, you would think that God would say, when he said to me, the title is, well, I, I want you to say, let it flow. And I came and I announced, let it flow. And, you, I, and I looked around and I'm like, you don't know what he's saying. And for, for in our minds, we would think God was saying, oh, let promotion flow. Let fruitfulness flow. Let harmony in the families flow. And guess what? All those things will flow. What well, God is saying to you and I this morning, let humility flow. In Philippians chapter 2, our text from verse 1 to 11, Philippians 2, 1 to 11, he says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are you? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude. Everyone say the same attitude. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think it of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took up the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. It says, therefore, because of this, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of Of God the Father. The elevation of Jesus was tied to the humility of Jesus. The greatness of Jesus was tied to the obedience of Jesus. When you let humility flow in your life, your elevation will be unstoppable. When you let humility flow in your life, your greatness cannot be deterred. But if you, if you look at verse 5 of that um, scripture, it, it says, let the same mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. Let, what does let mean? Allow, allow. Allow. Allow something, let, he says, let the same mind allow something to happen, which means that it is in your powers, it's in my powers to allow, humility is not a gift, humility is not a gift, you can say, oh, some people, I'm I'm still praying to God for the gift of humility, have you heard that before? (laughs) I'm still praying for the gift of humility. It's the wrong prayer. Humility is not a gift. God says, let the same mind. So allow the mind of Christ. Allow the mind of Christ. Allow the spirit of Christ be in you. Let humility flow. Humility is what you would call... um, in our time, a DIY, spiritual, essential. You know, DIY, as you may know, is do-it-yourself. So when you buy a desk, I mean, when I bought a desk for my study at home, you know, it came with, you know, the diagram I, I, I had to screw and put it together myself. Because um, in other climes, getting a carpenter or a plumber, you know, they are, they are well-paid, you know. So to get those real um, artisans to come and work for you, you're going to pay a lot of money. So DIY was a, is a big deal in the Western world it's, it's becoming a big deal here also. And so you can assemble things yourself, or you pay through your nose to assemble it. It's your choice. Humility. Is a DIY essential, spiritual essential. You do it yourself. You do it how? Yourself. That's the preferred way. God says, take the toolkit, DIY, do it yourself. If you do not do it, they are humility agents. <laughs> it was agents of humility. Yeah. Second Corinthians 12, um, Paul experienced this agent of humility. Paul is a great man, but he's actually a very proudful, arrogant, boastful guy, you know? <laughs> you know, serving God powerfully regardless. So God needs to put something there for him, you know, <laughs> agents of humility. Humility, you know. He says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud. To what? To keep me from becoming proud. I was given a turn in my flesh. Ah, You know, this is not popular uh, preaching, you know. Folks, you know, have you seen some people try to talk this down? That the God that we serve is good and magnanimous. Listen, if you don't humble yourself, you'll be humbled. That's how it works. But the easier path is to do it yourself. DIY, it doesn't cost you much. It only costs you your ego. Just swallow it. You try it, you see that you can swallow it. I was given a tongue in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. He said, "I asked the Lord three times to take it away." And God says, "No. My grace is sufficient for you.". <laughs> So the aspect of being humble is a non-negotiable for a child of God. Non-negotiable. God doesn't, you don't he doesn't overlook it. If you're gonna have a and sustain a work with God, he doesn't overlook it. If you miss the word, you won't miss the word. So, look at your neighbor and say, let it flow. Say, Oga, Oga, let it flow, let it flow. (laughs) So, we see that we have to be humble. It's It's not an option, really. It is not an option. It is not for some kind of people. It is for every kind of every child of God. Every kind of, every Christian. Really. So, I mean, I should be humble. And God says, humble yourself. Humble yourself. So humble yourself, number one, because God resists the proud. God resists the proud. James 4, 6, a part. It says, but he gives all the more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud. God will not oppose you in the name of Jesus. In fact, you know, the Word of God says, if God be for us, who can be against us? You need God on your side. In fact, God is on your side. You don't want him to change his mind because of your arrogance. You're arrogant to your husband. You're arrogant to your wife. You're arrogant to everybody. You're arrogant. God says, calm down. My grandmother would say, dilute your palm wine. She will say, bomiremore. Femi, bomiremore. Femi, bomiremore. Femi dilute your palm wine. This power is shocking you. You better dilute it. If you don't dilute it, I will slap you. In fact, before she said, I will slap you, you will hear <laughs> You know, dilute your palm wine. Because God resists the problem. I don't want God to resist me. I don't know about you. I'm sure you don't want to, go to that. I mean, so it is it, humble yourself. Humble, humble yourself. Number two, humble yourself because God gives grace to the humble. He doesn't just resist the proud. He helps the humble. He gives grace to the humble. The same um, scripture that we read in James 4, the B part, 6B part says that but God gives grace to the humble. If only God can help you the struggle becomes nothing. If only you have grace, the grace of God. I mean, I'm sure you know that without the grace of God you you can't really achieve much. If God gives a man grace in an area (laughs) the grace usually would be the distinguishing factor. If God gives you grace in your business, your business will stand in a class of its own. If God gives you grace in your career, it stands in a class of its own. If God gives a man grace, it's grace. And that grace, we all need it. I, I need it like and God says He gives grace to the humble. Someone says the cheapest way of accessing God's grace is by humility. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. The reason why a lot of people struggle in their own strength, they struggle to pray, they struggle in the things of God, they so because they are full of themselves. They can't. You don't even know you, God is speaking. You can't hear Him. It's only. Um, uh, Somebody else that will hear God for you, they just seem to be jumping over you because there's no grace. God gives grace to the the humble. So, I humble myself because God resists the proud. I humble myself because God gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself because it is the key to your lifting. It's the key to your promotion. First Peter five six, is the key to your promotion. Say so, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that at the right time, it will what? He will lift you up in honor. So when God decides to lift you. No one can stop him. The key to the lifting humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. yourself. You can do it. Humble yourself. And God will lift you. Let humility flow. Number four, humble yourself because God resists the proud. Humble yourself because God gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself because it's the key to your lifting. Humble yourself because pride is a signal for destruction. Pride is a signal for destruction. Proverbs 29 23 says, Pride ends in humiliation while Humility brings honor. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before what? Before a fall. Proverbs 11, verse 2. Proverbs 11, verse 2. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes with wisdom pride is a s- signal for destruction you see this this this, this i what you know in in um if you if you play um call of duty it's a, it's a, it's a um, war game you know and you you have um aerial support and you can mark a place an enemy territory then your um, air force will come and bomb that place. But when you mark the place, you better leave the place. (laughs) Because the the, the air force will come and bomb the place. They they reduce it to, like, rubbles. What pride does is that it marks the forehead of the proud for destruction. It marks it for heavenly target, for satanic attack. It marks it. You don't want to be marked negatively. And anyone that has been marked negatively today in the name of Jesus, God will wipe away the mark. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, pride is a signal for destruction. Pride is a signal for destruction. Humble yourself. Because, what? Come on. God resists the proud. Number two: God gives grace to the humble. Number three is the key to your lifting? Number four is a signal for destruction. And number five: pride is essentially satanic and demonic. Pride is not in the essence of God. It's not in the makeup of God. Pride is in the essence of Satan. Pride is in the makeup of the enemy. In Job chapter, um, in, in Job 1, Job 41, rather, from verse 1 and verse 34, he says, can you catch the Leviathan? Leviathan is the type of, of, of the enemy, you know, with a hook and put a noose around his jaw. It says, of all the creatures, it is the proudest. It is the king of beasts. So he's talking about it in its nature. In fact, what made Lucifer to lose its place in God's kingdom, was pride. Was pride. It was well adorned. It was full of, if you will, musical instruments. It doesn't need an instrument. It just, you know, flows from his being. It was strong and powerful. It was one of the three archangels, the toughest guys, But one day, he said in his heart, pride always starts where? In the heart. In the heart. You can still be looking cool and pious, but you need to guard your heart. Watch your heart. He started from his heart. And he says, hmm, how come this guy is the only one up there? Doesn't that sound logical? (laughs) You know, it's, it's very logical. How come he's the only one up there? I am going to be like him. I'm going to raise my throne like the Most High. I'm going to ascend like the Most High. When you try to promote yourself, you're asking for heaven to humble you. Many people have promoted themselves into destruction. You've promoted yourself out of, you've gone to embrace the things that you have no business embracing. Why? Because you, you look at, you know, in the type of Lucifer here, you know, the Most High, and like like, want, I want to be like the Most High. Why can't I? What's the big deal about, about, about the Most High? But again, if you look at that scripture, Lucifer actually said, I want to, my throne will be like the Most High. In other words, he knows that there is no space above the Most High. He's the most high. Praise the name of the Lord. If there was space above the most high, do you think he would have said, I will ascend above him. He can't say that because he knows that there's no, that's the highest possible place. He says, But I want to be like that too. But God said, No, there will only be one me sitting on the throne in the highest. And the rest is history. As you know, you know, was cast down, trouble on earth, but his judgment is here and is coming. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see that even among the disciples of Jesus, it was an issue of, um, I'm, I'm going to urge you, I'm going to edge you. <laughs> and in Luke 20, Jesus had to deal with this matter. In verse 24, he says, Then he began to argue. They began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, In the world's kingdom, in this world, the kings and great men lord it over their people. He says, Yet they are called the friends of the people. You know, the politicians are called the friends of the people, even back in the day of Jesus. The man of the people, the people's man. Verse 26. But among you it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take what? Lowliest rank. And the leaders should be like the servant. Says, who is more important? The one who sits at the table, or the one who serves, it says the one who sits at the table, going by the world standard, of course, it says, but not here, not in this kingdom. It says, for even me myself, I am among you as one who serves. So you need to let humility flow. Don't. Promote yourself into places God has not promoted you because it will only lead to trouble, really. Because God's grace will not be there. It won't. Again, look at your and say, let it flow. <laughs> let it flow. Let humility flow. Let it flow. So so the so the question you would say is that, okay, Pastor, how? You know, can you help us and show us a few things on how to really let it flow? You know, how to really let this humility flow. Many times, when they ask Jesus about the question of how, he answers with an answer of when. How can a man be born again? He says to Nicodemus, when you see the clouds gather, you know that it's about to rain. And You've been, and on and on, and on, a teacher in Israel. Praise the name of the Lord. The disciples asked him, When will be the end of time? Jesus said, yeah, um, How will it happen? Jesus says that when you see this sign, know that the end is there. Nations will rise against nations, and, and on, and on, and on, and on, and on, So to answer the how, we are going to look at when we see certain things. We know and that humility is what? It's flowing. When you trigger certain things, humility actually flows. So we just dive straight into it. Humility flows, when we defer to our peers, humility flows when we defer to our peers, and I dare say our subordinates. In verse 6 of Philippians 2, it says, Though he was God, though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Though Jesus was peer with God. Jesus was God. He, he deferred to the Father. And that is so powerful. Humility is when we defer to our peers or our subordinates. When we defer, most people do the opposite. They assert. But humility flows when we differ. Take a classic example. Um, husband and wife situation. You know, you could say that in, in, in this time and age, it's a pair-to-pair situation. Right? Do you agree it's a pair-to-pair? No. Okay, how many people say it's Oga and madame situation? oga on top, and madam. <laughs> how many people say, come on, there's no judge, nobody judging you. you just, I just didn't know. One okay. I'm um, to. Uh, I'm ever say pair to pair, pair to pair. Okay, more hands. So some people are not really sure whether <laughs> is uh, the man that is the hierarchy is that is hierarchical. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the man, you know, and his subordinates in the house, <laughs> of which the wife is number one. <laughs> you know. But, but, but let's even... Let's even uh, okay, so Pastor, what is it? Let's even assume it's a pair-to-pair situation. Because for you to have a good marriage, you must be able to operate in both, way, in both situations. For you to have a good marriage, you must be able to operate in both situations. If, if, you, if you insist on just hierarchical, you're going to damage your, your marriage. If you insist on just pair-to-pair, you're going to destroy your family. You must be able to work in the in the two, and many times in the in the to pair settings, people usually say, ah, "But it's, it's my husband, or oh, she's my wife, or why? What is she talking about?" I'm not. I'm not going to agree. Mo Nigba has <laughs> caused too much problem marriage. I shall not. I shan't agree. I will not <laughs> agree. <laughs> it's huge, it's a big problem, you know. So so one person person says, well, that's how you see it. Another person says, well, that's how I see it. And one person says, I shan't agree. And the other person says, I shan't agree (laughs) too. So you create a situation where there's turmoil. The Word of God says, though Jesus was God... It deferred to God. It chose the lower place. Hallelujah. You know, and so, so counseling, years ago, I mean, a couple, you know, came and, you know, the wife believes that she's the more spiritual person than her husband. You know, that husband is not very spiritual. that she's very spiritual. Okay, so, we had this issue to be resolved, and um, nobody wanted to move. So the question is, who is going to say sorry first? Or who is gonna to, going to yield first? So they asked me, Pastor, who should yield first? I said, the most spiritually mature person should yield first. Meanwhile, before then, the husband also said he was the spiritually, most spiritually mature. Both of them are claiming they are the most spiritually mature. So I said, they let the more spiritually matured yield first. This more spiritually matured is the most, more humble, right? Let the more spiritually matured yield first. Like, you are the most spiritually matured. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You fast more than me. You are the most spiritually matured. <laughs> you know? So that's the answer. The spiritually matured yield first. Let this mind be in. And you, by the time you look at verse, verses 3 and 4, you know, of, of Philippians 2, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as what? You know, that's a, that's a struggle for a lot of us. Think of other people as what? Better than yourself. He didn't you say put yourself down, it says lift the other person up. Two different things. Think of the other person better than yourself. You know. <laughs> it says, don't look out for only your own interest, but take an interest in, in 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 others, too. Praise the name of the Lord. So we we see here that for humility to flow, God is saying, let it flow. For it to flow. I need to defer to my peers. And I dare say subordinates. You know, someone says, ah, Pastor, if you do that, they will take you for a ride. In this Nigeria, they will step on your face. Oh, yeah. Listen. Humility is different from humility. I mean, I've explained that Extensively, at another time. Every time you choose to obey God, no matter how foolish you appear, you will always come out on top every single time. I can give you examples of my life over and over and over again. People look at you, they disdain you, they, they just be calm. Let it go. The same people will say, "Ah, we didn't know." I it's fine, it's okay you knew, you would have been better. So let humility, what? Flow. For humility to flow, number one, I need to what? Come on. I need to defer to my peers. Number two, for humility to flow, I need to give up my privileges. So humility flows when we give up our privileges. When we give up our privileges. Verse, verse 7 says that instead, he gave up his divine privileges. When we give up our privileges. You see, if you want to be unstoppable, you cannot cling to your right. Unfortunately, we, that is how we've been told to survive because it has been a jungle. You want to cling to your rights? This is my right. Yes, is your right. But you see, for humility to flow in your life, in your relationships, you need to, what? Give up your privileges. You need to give up your privileges. You need to give up your privileges. You're sitting down, for instance. It's a privilege to sit down. And somebody comes, I mean... that probably looks maybe more frail or you think the person needs to sit more. Humility means you get up and let the person sit. You know, gentlemen, the term gentleman is, is fast going out of the window these days. So when you're sitting down, And a lady comes in. Gentlemen, what should you do? (laughs) Now, come on. This is God's very house. You you have to, you know, be a gentleman. When you're sitting down and a lady comes in, what should you do, gentlemen? Somebody has said, for where... you never sit down (laughs) don't worry God will make you stronger (laughs) giving up your privilege means giving up a seat that is rightfully yours giving up a position that is rightfully yours giving up a key that is rightfully yours letting the other person take the advantage Ah When we let humility flow can you begin to see that promotion is inevitable harmony is inevitable the the only the bible says that whenever there's strife there's arrogance everywhere everywhere you see strife there's arrogance let humility flow means Someone has to bail the cat. Someone has to give up their privileges. I am not a fool. I know it's my privilege. In fact, the difference between a fool and a humble person is a fool doesn't even know it's his privilege. You know it's your privilege. You're not a fool, but you are giving it up for the global good. You're a humble person. But many times, we want our rights. Many times, we insist on our right. Many times, we say, it has to be done this way. It must be done this way because that is my right. And there's a place for that, some, particularly in a civic setting because when you have leaders that, you know, erode things, and, and, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't enforce that for our society. But you see, the real life that God has called you and I to live is a life that flows with humility. And humility flows when, number one, I defer to my peers and I dare say subordinate. Number two, when we give up our privileges. Now we are looking at Jesus' model in Philippians 2. Humility flows, number three, when we take a lower position. <laughs> but you know, Because it's good to give up your privileges. Sometimes you can give up your privilege because you have seen a, a seat in front that you want to go and sit. Not because you really want to give it up, but because you want to get an advantage. But you want to win in two ways. You want to be seen as giving it up. Meanwhile, you have an ulterior motive on how to get ahead. But we see in verse 7, the later part, that not only did he give up his privileges, he took the humble position of a slave. He took the humble position of a slave. I, I, and, you know, Jesus did not have to be born Did you know that? He didn't have to be born. Adam was not born. Adam was not born. Jesus did not have to die. Enoch did not die. Elijah did not die. Jesus did not have to be ridiculed and beaten. He didn't have to. Because Peter was saying, oh God, just call one battalion of angels. Let's wipe out all these people. (laughs) You know, he didn't have to suffer. And Jesus was saying, no, no one takes my life from me. I'm laying it down myself. I am laying my life down myself. No one can take it from me. I'm taking a lower position deliberately. Every time you take a lower position deliberately because you are yielding to the Spirit of God, you are setting yourself up for undeniable and unstoppable promotion. Every single time. Every single time. Okay, so, classic example. You have a seat in church. then the church is full. A guest comes in. The ushers are trying to find a seat for the guest. And you see them trying to find a seat for the guest. You have a choice. You could just close your eyes and focus on Jesus. I don't even want distraction, you know. I'm here to worship my God, you know. Or you could... Give up your privilege. You came early. That's why you had your seat. It's your privilege to be sitting there. But you could get up and say, This guest needs the seat more than I do. And let them sit. But that's not enough. Not that it's not enough. That's good. That's commendable. But what Jesus did and model for us is that. He you, you took it one step further. He took, not only the give of his seat, he took the place of a servant. So it means that if the guest had a child, you're like, sit down, I will take your child to the children's church for you. Just give me the time. And you help them take the child to the children's church. That is serving. That is taking the position of a servant. That promotion is inevitable. I'm not saying that every mother will allow you to take their child to I'm just, I'm just painting the scenario here. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know. But that will put you in. There's no way everyone we not recognize that. There is no way. There's no way. So, number one, humility flows when. I defer to my peers and subordinates. Number two, humility flows when I give up my privileges. Number three, humility flows when I take a humble position. Number four. Fall, right? Humility flows when we choose. To be vulnerable. When we choose to be vulnerable. Saint verse seven says, "And he became a human." I mean, you know, you can read this and go, and you can read this and you know, I'm, I miss it. Jesus was God. He didn't come down and become an angel. That would have been huge humility. Huge humility. He became a human. Frail, vulnerable, carried up and down by a young mother that doesn't probably know how to take care of a child. He became totally vulnerable. You can't you see, many times again, I'm I'm going to use relational settings, you know. Many times People don't advance in their relationships with each other, with their spouses, with their siblings, because they don't want to be vulnerable. We cover up. We shield ourselves. We want to appear strong. We want to... Listen, I'm not saying you should be a crybaby to everybody that, that comes along, but you see... There are certain relationships in your life that you just have to be. Look, this is me. If you don't have any of such relationships, you are in deep trouble. You should have a relationship that you're like you are bare. Like, this is me, and you know you will not be judged. So we, we, when you have again, let's use the my certain, you know, the classic example of relationships. When you have. Uh, one spouse not being vulnerable to the other spouse, guess what's going to happen? When you're not being, you're protecting yourself. You are, you are not giving your all. You're not getting, you know, you, the things you're supposed to, to give. You're you are giving, but you're keeping. You know, you are, you, you are not being vulnerable. A, a, a mother said to the, to the daughter, you know, when she was married, he says, hmm, see your husband now. The man has a lot of money. Let me tell you something. Be collecting his money and be giving me, I will be building a house for you. You know, all, you know how men are. Soon, now, they will kick you out of the house, so that you will have... The day the daughter agrees to that, yes. agreed to the disintegration of a marriage. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If you are gathering money for the day your marriage will disintegrate, it's going to disintegrate. You know I'm not costing you anything. I'm just stating the obvious. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, I should put my all in it. Yes. Otherwise don't get married. Stay single. And there's nothing wrong with being single anyway. Is there? Nothing wrong with being single. Jesus was single. And he's our greatest model to today. He chose not to marry. He had babes around him. There was Mary. There was Martha. There was. she? The ones that were kissing his legs, were uh, kissing his legs. Well, he just chose to be a pure man, a Juma. There's nothing wrong with you. Peter. Wait, wait, okay, Peter was married. Paul was once married. Oh, yes. But he lived as a Christian, all his Christian life, single. He separated from his wife. And he's, I mean, by far the greatest apostle to, I mean of, of their time. Maybe till date, I don't know. Only God knows. But if you don't want to be, if you get in, you have to get in Naked and unashamed. If you have aces up your sleeves, you're asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble. Humility flows when, number one, I defer to my peers. Number two, humility flows when... Give up my privileges. Number three, humility flows when not only do I give up my privileges, I take up a lower position. Number four, humility flows when I choose to be vulnerable. And number five, humility flows when I obey God no matter what. When we obey God, no matter what, humility flows. Verse 7, the later part of verse 7, says, When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. He obeyed God no matter what. And that is when humility flows. This is God's will for me. I am going to obey God no matter what. No matter what. I will have given you examples of my life, many, but I don't want to suggest to you that I'm humble because humility is a tricky thing that when you claim you have it, you don't. So I will give you my own examples. But you see, there are things God will tell you to do that won't make sense to anybody else. Humility is obeying God no matter what. Humility is obeying God no matter what. This is what God has said. That's what I would do. There was a time, you know, my wife and I, we had this heated argument. I mean, that is, you know... But when I share these kind of things, people come to me and say, Oh, Pastor, thank you for sharing because ah, ah, that means uh, I'm a normal human being. My marriage is normal. I'm like, Why? You think we don't, we don't have our own I mean, back and forth? We do, but we have a system that we always come back and overcome it. Praise the name of the Lord. And it always works. It has worked for 16 plus years now, and it's still working. Praise the name of the Lord. But you see, my wife is a lover, she's not a fighter. I'm a fighter. <laughs> so, when we have that what of you, I am in my element. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, girl. Come on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? And in the early part of our marriage, she used to cry a lot. I would give out till she wipe your tears. <laughs> when she wiped the tears, I where did we stop? <laughs> Now, 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 I kid you not, I kid you not. Today, by the grace of God, I can't remember the last time my wife cried. I can't remember the last time. Now, but, you know, again, that's not to say I'm a good guy. I'm just saying (laughs) the fact. So we had this argument. I mean, it was, you know. I was trained to, to know that if two brothers or two people that they like themselves, they enter the same room and they come out smiling and there's no red eyes, they've not told themselves the truth. So, you know, she's like, no, let's just love each other. And I said, no, they cannot be loved without truth. <laughs> so, I can't remember what happened, but I remember this very clearly. I was in the room. And I was worshiping. I've, I've already fought and scattered things. Up. And it was not my fault. You know, it's, not, it's always not your fault. <laughs> it's, it's always not your fault. I have never seen two couples that had an issue and I had to intervene and one person says it's my fault. It's never. It's always like, mm, say, you have done it yet. If I tell you, <laughs> it's always the other person's fault. Okay, so now I was, in the, I was in the room and I was, um, <laughs> you know, when, I, when the Lord was saying to me that this is what I'm going to talk about last week, in my mind I'm like, these people will be thinking I'm going to talk about uh, uh, money's flowing, you know. <laughs> and I felt God saying to me, go, and prostrate for that woman. I was like, hey. Eh? Frustrated for what? Did you not know what happened? I was narrating this story. I see if you didn't know. See what she said. See what she said. Should I accept this as a man? <laughs> you know? You know? Go. I'm frustrated. I'm beggar. Otherwise, your prayer is not going to pass the ceiling. So off You know, every man, you know, you are here, you, you know what I was going through, right? Hey, you, you are men of like pastors. <laughs> Women don't understand it. It's a big deal for a man. It's a big deal if you're a real man. <laughs> so, so, but humility flows when we obey God no matter what. I got up. And I went to the living room and I perambulated. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> I perambulated. You know, she was wondering what is he up to. Humility flows when I obey God, no matter what. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> she was like, eh. Hey, because obviously she didn't know how to respond, you know? You know? And um, the rest they say <laughs> is history. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. If you are to recap this whole teaching, it's this when humility flows, promotion is inevitable. The breakthroughs you are seeking for is inevitable. The elevation that you want in your life becomes unstoppable. In Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11, it says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and has given him a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee." should bow, of things in the heavens, of things on in the earth, of things beneath the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. He got to the point of greatest honor because he allowed humility to flow. I want to look at your neighbor this time and say to them let it flow let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads let humility flow I want to pray with you it's humility to say to God I need you I need you in my life God that's humility, and, and that's the beginning of your turnaround and your and your progress. If you're saying, Pastor, pray with me wherever you are seated. I need God. Pray with me. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I'll pray with you in the, the confines of your seats. That is me. Pray with me. I need God. That is humility. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, and I'll pray with you. Now put up your hand. Put up your hand well. Well, well, I'm surrendering to God. God bless you, my sister. God bless you over there. Keep the hands up. That is me. I'm surrendering to God. God bless you, my sister over there. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my brother. Keep the hands up. God bless you, my brother. Keep the the hands up. Once you have the card, you can pull down your hands. That's okay. God bless you. Over there. Once you have the card, God bless you, sir. Over that place. There's no ego involved. Humility is saying, I need God. I want to surrender. God bless you. Right there at the corner. I can see your hand. Keep the hands up. God bless you. That is me. I, can't, I, I need God in my life. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Another hand there, my sister. God bless you. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. The rest of us, let's talk to God about what we have heard. If you are online, the instructions are scrolling. Father, we, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you, Lord. Lord, we acknowledge that we need you. That's our first point of call. Today, we ask that you breathe upon us, change our lives totally, and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's pray. our hands get up for the Lord, for his goodness.